Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Uh, massive apologies for this episode coming out later than it was meant to. Uh, but if you didn't notice, the last few days have been dominated by all of the Samsung uh, announcements and videos and content that you probably have seen in your subscription boxes. That included videos like my own and one from my guest, David Amell from Android Authority. Now, you probably have seen a ton of stuff regarding this phone over the last few days, and we do talk about it in this episode, but this episode was recorded late last week, uh, which is when we gave some of our thoughts, but we couldn't say too much because it was ahead of our actual videos going out this past early week. But that is actually not the focus of this episode anyway, because we react to the announcement of availability for the Microsoft Surface Duo, uh, the dual screen foldable device that Microsoft is putting out there hoping to make dual screens a thing in the Android world. And then we dedicate a large chunk of the beginning portion of this episode to the Epic Games and Apple war going on right now. Now, when we were reporting or rather talking about this particular thing, Apple had just taken Fortnite off of their uh, App Store and Google had done the same. Uh, but it was still kind of early days in terms of this controversy. And yet, of course, it has blown up since then, uh, even if some of the moves being made are not quite as far reaching as the original ones were last week. So to bring everyone kind of back up to speed, there is just one huge thing that has been happening more recently, despite the fact that Apple is saying that they will work together with Epic Games to find a solution that works for everyone, they are starting to limit uh, the Unreal Engine, or they are at least threatening to limit the Unreal Engine, which is something that many games use inside of the Apple App Store. But that's of course where that story lies right now, and David and I react to the initial days of when this all happened seemingly from nowhere. So it's a fun discussion that uh, David and I have regarding all of this, so why don't we go ahead and just get right into this episode. It is me and David Amell on this week's episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Enjoy. Alright, cool. Well, um, I have a feeling that we should just kick it, mostly, okay. on yeah. this episode, because... It's, it's obviously going to be a busy weekend. Uh, everyone can expect a lot of Samsung stuff next week. <laughs> uh, so we're in the middle of all of our reviews and whatnot. I'm obviously working on the Pocket Now one. I'm working on my own. Um, and yeah, I'm still going to go out for like a real world camera test and all of that. But uh, in your case, uh, it's probably that and, you know, just wanting to have your weekends. <laughs> so. Yeah, I won't get my weekend this weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, so we're just going to kick it for like an hour on this one just to chill out and whatnot. We are going to talk about... Let me go grab it, actually. We are going to talk about the Galaxy Note 20 uh, Ultra, of course. Um, the thing I noticed is that in my video unboxing this thing, I kept calling it just Note 20. I, I kept forgetting oh. the word... It's easy to forget the word Ultra. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Anyway, we're going to talk about this some more later, but I just wanted to check in with you. It's been a few weeks since we've had you on. How, how are things on, on uh, your side of the country, let's say? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been really, really hot <laughs> and extremely humid, especially, which is not great. So we've kind of been hanging out inside a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did, we, we went out to Montauk on Wednesday to film some Note 20 Ultra stuff, uh, and some other stuff. So me and Fisher just kind of went out there and and Kogan just like went out and filmed each other basically. So that was, that was nice to get a little more like action slash, uh, you know, environmental B-roll versus just <laughs> video of the phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. So try to do that a little more. 
Um, yeah, I mean, things are just continuously busy. I'm finally booked a, a week off, finally, <laughs> uh, for like the second week of September or something like that. So I, I'm hoping to just chill, play some Dota, and try not to think about work. <laughs> I just remember, yeah, I was just about to ask a question that is like the the one question that no one's allowed to ask right now, which is where are you going? Oh. <laughs> which is nowhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go to California. Oh, really? Just, yeah, just to like, you know, I'm going to be super careful, but yeah. I just need to get out of here for a little bit so bad. Um, yeah, so just going to go to Santa Cruz and hang out with my sister for a little bit and oh, a, couple okay. of, a couple of my friends there just you know do our super safe distance stuff but santa cruz is mostly outside anyway so it won't really matter mm-hmm. what yeah. uh uh what protocols will new york have when you when you go back don't they do like the two week like required thing they do um but like they don't so you give them your phone number and your address and then they can technically like check in on you at any time uh, and see if you're home, <laughs> but really they just call you or text you like every day just to like make sure you're aware that you're supposed to be home. It's yeah. not really in that intense. Um, they do have a cool thing though that if you if you can't like if you get COVID or something or you feel sick when you get back, they'll provide you a hotel for two weeks for free. Okay. Which is pretty intense. <laughs> like, yeah. Should I just tell them that I'm sick? Get a hotel? <laughs> Maybe not. I, they, probably I the, they probably test you. Yeah, they have to test you, and they have to confirm it, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, hopefully, obviously, hopefully nothing, like, bad happens. I know that in California, our tests, it's being reported now that our tests are actually not as accurate as we thought they would be. Great. <laughs> yeah, right? So, I'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got I got a test here last week, and uh, for both it and for antibodies, and I had I hadn't either. So, oh, okay. hopefully, I'm fine. I haven't felt like I had anything. So, yeah, that that actually makes me feel like I would get <clears throat> double negative tests as well because you and I traveled together in December. We kept yeah, joking I, that yeah. we bobbed and weaved it, but I guess because I got really sick in Japan. And so I was thinking that maybe that might have been it or something, but I don't have antibodies, so either it wasn't it or or you've already you can, like lost them. Yeah, lost the immunity or something, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, cuz apparently yeah. they say that antibodies are only around in your body for like a certain amount of time after you have yeah. it or after you recover. I feel yeah. like the reports in the science just change so freaking frequently, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember reading, like, early on into it that they were like, you should not take uh, zinc, uh, Zycam if you think you have it because it apparently makes it worse. And then I brought it up to the doctor uh, when I was getting my test, and she was like, that's not there's that's not founded in science whatsoever <laughs> she's like there's probably a couple people that felt like they got worse and it's just that it's not a cold so it didn't affect it but yeah it didn't actually make it worse like she basically said like the the testing in science and it, whatever is changing like literally every day so yeah just try your best not to get it and then 
like yeah. literally take care of yourselves like that's like it couldn't be any simpler of a sentence and yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah. it's it's like it has so many different layers to it like i even got called out on my on my video from this morning the pixel 4a real world camera test mm. because i said on camera that you know people should wear and i, I mean I, this is not an explicit podcast but i'll say the word like um Maybe I wouldn't have to wear an N95 respirator to protect myself if everyone wore a goddamn mask. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. someone was like, "Oh, stop cursing." It's like, "What? what one word." <laughs> in in over 2 years of me doing this yeah. channel, <laughs> like I've never really cursed. Oh, that's um, ridiculous. Stop cursing. It was too much. My my baby ears. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like that's just where we are now, you know? Yeah. So Hopefully you hopefully like you'll have a good decompression. I know that the work has been really crazy the last like Yeah. It's been because it, I think it's because of the um the trade shows aren't happening. So companies aren't forced to release everything at the same time. They can kind of spread out and yes. I know that like companies like PR people talk to each other and see when each other are releasing things so that they can like not like overlap. overlap yeah. And so now, but because of that, it's just like week, 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 review, 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 review. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Just like it drains your brain. I really just need to be able to turn my brain off for a whole week, turn Slack off. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, unfortunately, our first main topic for today is not <laughs> is not is anything but relaxing. Um, <laughs> I I think we do kind of have to talk about this whole Epic Games thing because I can't believe I just I, I just looked on Twitter and I saw people sort of uh, like reacting to it, but I mm. didn't get a full scope of what was going uh, on. Oh yeah. Um, I would say that okay. There's a lot of speculation as to why Epic is doing this. Mainly, uh, what they did was, and I, I do use the Epic Games launcher because there are a few games I get on there. Um, it uh, they they basically did like a twenty percent, what was it, discount on yeah, V-Bucks. it was a, it was it was literally a it was a bait. They were baiting Apple and Google. So yeah, wait, sorry, I could let you continue. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. They they were doing <laughs> like a they were doing like a discount on V Bucks, but the main thing about the, about that was. Uh, they created an apparatus by which users could buy V Bucks for Fortnite and directly pay Epic, rather than uh, giving the doing 30% it percent to Apple. Exactly, rather than going through the uh, the the system that Google and Apple have. It's yeah. the same system that if you've ever bought something like on Call of Duty Mobile or anything like that, um, where it shows the Google Play Store like layer, and it's like, oh, you want to use your payment thing, yeah. using us. Uh, in this case, it's just Epic Games going, okay, cool, go ahead and pay us, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, there is there is a fee, uh, some sort of percentage that Apple and Google take from app developers whenever stuff like this happens, whenever IAPs or in-app purchases are done. Um, in a way, it's uh, some people were calling it like a tax on being part of the ecosystem, which mm -hmm. is kind of true. Uh, we do have two, just two major ecosystems in mobile technology right now. So, of course, they're going to make you pay if you want to be a part of them or you have no foothold whatsoever. Pretty That's much. the part that Epic is fighting against, I feel like. Yeah. Um, it's the antitrust it's just... thing. And I, I wish that they had dropped this like four days before the big tech hearings two weeks ago mm -hmm. um, because Apple got brought in for <clears throat> the big tech hearings and stuff. But they didn't really get grilled that much because like compared to Facebook uh, or Google who are, you know, harvesting information, Apple wasn't 
really in trouble for anything in particular. Like they were in trouble for the app store thing because people have been complaining about this. This a similar thing happened with Hey Mail. Um, also oh, yeah. Spotify late last year, this, this exact same thing happened with Spotify and Netflix does a similar thing. Um, Netflix has a thing right now where if you, you can't sign up for Netflix in the app, you can only sign up on netflix.com on a browser. The reason they do that is because they don't, they would have to raise their prices by 30%. And the same, mm. it's the same with Spotify. You can't sign up for Spotify through the Spotify app. You have to go to spotify.com and do it there because if you make a transaction through an app, that's when Google or Apple would take 30%. Oh, um, interesting. And so, yeah, so the, the, the antitrust argument is that you literally only have like two options. Uh, if you want to release a mobile app, because those are pretty much the only two platforms that exist, mm -hmm. you got Apple and Google. And like, I'm mixed about it. Like, on one hand, like, Apple and Google are making infinite money through this uh, because they are just hosting but they did build up the ecosystem. They did build up the user base. And like, I don't think it's necessarily their fault that they have, uh, that there are only two major platforms because like, that's just how the market worked out. Um, however, there are definitely people saying, you know, Apple and Google have used anti-competitive practices. Like for example, Google has gotten in trouble because they'll just scrape information off of websites so that when you do a Google search, it shows what you're looking for in the Google search and you won't even click the link. Like uh, last year, Google got in trouble because there was a website. I can't remember what the website was called. A genius? Genius? Yeah, genius. And if you search the, like... The link shortening website? No, a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah, different. Uh, if you search like my heart will go on lyrics, right? Oh, the lyric website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Google search, it would just show you the lyrics in Google search and... It would say like from genius, but you didn't click the link. So they didn't get paid. It's like exactly. the classic onion thing. Like you have to click the effing link if you want us to get effing paid. That's what <laughs> onion is always. Yeah. The onion is always saying that. So, um, so yeah, so they got in trouble for that. And then, uh, it, that's, that's the whole thing, right? Like Google has gotten caught taking advantage of the little guys and basically benefiting off of everyone else's work just because they own the platform. Um, so that, that would be like stunting growth of other things. Apple, mm -hmm. I think it's just like a little more scrutinized from that perspective because they like so many people own iPhones. Right. And like, I don't know, the app store. Well, the, it's the walled garden, right? Like they yeah. have so many users that they can, they literally push whatever they want to push to those right. users who have bought into that system. Yeah. And there's like over you know, a billion it, iPhones. Yeah, and, and and activated right now. So yeah, and you're right that it's like the the market kind of made it that way because people buy Apple products, mm -hmm. which is true that they create that user base. Um, which unfortunately for developers, they have to make the choice of whether or not they want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and but the thing is, you have this huge user base, and are you going to miss out on that? Like it's it's crazy. Right. Yeah, it's it's just hard because like I understand it from Apple's perspective. Like they want they want people to buy things through their portal because. If you just allowed any app to have a transaction overflow menu that let you put your credit card information in, you know how many apps would just scam the crap out of people constantly? Like, 
I, I do understand it from a security perspective. Um, and I think that Apple has more of a leg to stand on than Epic does, honestly. Uh, but it is kind of insane to charge 30%. You know, maybe like something lower, like 10 or 20. <laughs> like you do have to pay to maintain the servers, obviously. That costs money and companies can't give that away for free. Um, but well, that's part of the speculation is that they, uh, they, 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 they use the number 20% specifically to signal to Apple. This is what we want it to be. Yeah, well, did you see, did you see the video they put out on, in Fortnite? No. The 1984 video? No, I didn't. Oh, I got, oh, I got to catch you up on this. Okay, so what's crazy here, maybe I'll send you the link. Can we do this live? Uh, I don't know about live, but let's see. Um, okay, I'll just send you, you can watch it and react to it live. It's very short. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically uh, Epic Games set up this 4D chess thing uh, where they, they knew everything that was going to happen, right? They, they, were ready to push that payment system server side because they knew that it would break Apple's terms and conditions and they knew Apple would immediately pull them off the platform. And they had a lawsuit ready for when Apple was going to pull them off the platform. Oh, wow. So they, so Apple pulled them like an hour later and then they immediately published the lawsuit because they had it ready for exactly what was going to happen. And then they tweeted this, video and they put it in they put it in fortnite they said be in fortnite at 4 p.m eastern time to watch our new short 1984 night so i don't i don't know if you there's a famous apple commercial um from the late 80s and what was happening at the time was that ibm and compaq were using really uh anti-competitive business practices to keep apple from growing so at the time apple was really small apple was like the small guy and uh, IBM was like going to PowerPC and like other chip manufacturers and saying like, Hey, only sell to us and we'll guarantee you a certain number of sales. We'll give you a discount on blah, blah, blah. They're basically like working together to make sure that Apple didn't get bigger. And Apple made this commercial called like, it was like a 1984 inspired commercial where there's like a bunch of drone, drone people in this room. And this this guy walks in the room with like an axe and he throws it at the screen because that, there's like Yeah, that's it, a famous scene from the actual movie. Yeah. Right. And Apple made a commercial that was directed by Ridley Scott that <laughs> was pretty much exactly that. But it was like about it was a, it was about like taking down the IBM PowerPC overlords and and thinking different and like going with the underdog. And so then Epic Games made this short. Yeah, I just watched it. That's ready, pretty nuts. <laughs> ready to put out after Apple sued them, which they knew they would do. And this all happened within the course of like two hours. It was crazy. Like if you're on Twitter yesterday between like 3 p.m. and 5 p.m., everything was just going insane. It was like on fire. Um, wow. And then, of course, you know, they did the same thing on Google, but Google took a lot longer to pull it off the App Store I think because they saw what happened with Apple and they were like, how are we going to react to this? Because we're not prepared for this. Uh, but Epic, like, they they plotted everything that was going to happen in the order that it was going to happen. Like, they knew what was going down. That's nuts. I love this first. Yeah. I, I do love this first 
quote though, this first comment on the video though. Let's be real, it wasn't really a lateral move to make a 1984 reference because what nine-year-old reads George Orwell? <laughs> I know. Well, I saw I saw a tweet this morning that was like the Apple 1984 ad came out in like 1988 or something, and the average the average uh, Fortnite player's age or the average Fortnite player was born in 2004. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I get what they're trying to do with that, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. But that's yeah. crazy. Like, okay, so this is something that I've always wondered because I do, like I said before, I do use the Epic Games Launcher. Like, there mm-hmm. are a few games that I got from there. And you know what? I have to admit, like, okay. And I'll you preface got a this. Lot of free games on there, which is that's nice. what I was about to say. I, I will yeah. preface this by saying they do have certain exclusives that I thought was pretty dope, and they also have um, some free games, and they and it's a it's a regular thing for them. But I remember when I I remember when I got it. A few of my friends, who are also gamers, um, they were moaning and groaning about like, oh no, don't support them or anything like that. What is this like gaming or rather pop culture like, like, like perception of of Epic Games? Like, I don't know what it. I don't know how people actually feel about that. Epic. I don't. I don't think it's that people dislike Epic. Um, besides the people that just hate Fortnite because it's dominated by thirteen year olds. Um, but. I think they weren't really necessarily hitting Epic. There was a period of time in like 2013 to 2014 when every single game studio was releasing their own launcher because they... Yeah, they, I have like four. Right. They found out it, it was kind of like, oh, is this a way for us to like do direct sales? Because at the time, Steam was, was, Steam was basically Apple, right? Mm-hmm. Steam is basically Apple in that way. Like if you want to be successful with a, with a game on PC at least... You have to use Steam. Um, and so Epic came out with their launcher. Uh, Ubisoft had Ubisoft launcher, and they were like only allowing certain games through the Ubisoft launcher. There's been companies that have pulled games off of Steam and put it exclusively on their launcher. And in like 2013, 2014, everybody was making a launcher. So it was like a yeah. similar situation because Steam also takes a cut. Like I've said this for like years, like Steam is right up against Google in terms of like, printing money right because they just they host and that's all they do and they make crap loads of money because they make money off every single transaction yeah so um yeah i think people are more mad about having to use you know 10 launchers to play 10 different games than they were hating epic uh the problem is that like everyone wants this like one system ubiquity but that's really bad for competition and that yeah. that's really bad for the end consumer at the end of the day. Well, also actually, actually making moves to hurt competition. That's more of a Facebook move. Let's just be real. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Google and Apple, maybe the market, like the market literally, uh, it, it literally grew in their favor. But in the case of Facebook, they they literally bought out competition. Yeah. Like, they, they buy them <laughs> and they copy them and you know, yeah. they, they directly Who's copy. using reels right now? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I still can't I, figure that crap out, honestly. I um, wonder if it will get popular though, because um, when they copied Snapchat for Stories uh, and they called it Stories, even though Snapchat was called Stories first, it overtook Snapchat yeah. in under a year. Yeah. I don't think that Reels will overtake Instagram unless it goes away because it gets banned, which. You know all the TikTok uh, stuff that's going on right now. Like yeah. the world is freaking crazy right now. The digital the digital landscape is freaking weird. Yeah. Currently. Well, because there's like there's like a reckoning, you know, because yeah. we have just sort of uh, uh, 
we have just been happy with the way that the systems are in place. Yeah. And I guess even a company like Epic Games is like, mm, we're not. And it might be from a case of like, we want more money. And I get that. I get that companies do that. It's a business. But from the user side, I think that's the other layer to this. You mentioned before that people do want to just have that certain ubiquity in place. Yeah. Uh, I saw someone's tweet. I think uh, I'm trying to remember who retweeted it. Uh, I feel bad not remembering. But they basically mm. said... I do want just one place where my info is. And as long as that place is secure, like you said earlier, right. like, that really helps. Yeah. Um, Being able that, to just be like, you want to pay with Google Pay? And then you tap your finger on it and then it's done without, yeah. instead of having, because remember the days when you used to have to put your credit card information in every single time you wanted to buy something on the internet? Well, like, it was annoying well, that, as hell. In a way, that is kind of safer when you think about it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. To, well, I mean, to not have it stored, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, in terms of convenience, though, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a quote like, every step of complexity that you add to a system adds to the an nth degree... Uh, of failure or something? Yeah, basically, like, users to an nth degree less likely to follow through or want to use that system. Yeah. Every minor step of complexity. So if you can just be like, do you want to buy this? Tap. Yep. There you go. You have it. I literally did that, like, three times earlier today. Like... Just through Google Play Store, I had a couple of purchases on the note. Oh, it was yeah. uh, Xbox Game Pass. I did a tweet about oh, nice. that. Um, but yeah, I used a fingerprint for that, and it was mm-hmm. it was real easy. Um, <laughs> which is yet another launcher. It's an Xbox Game Pass, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so it it is a lot of that. But I think that uh, obviously Epic Games sort of. I feel like Epic, you're right, they did very much plan this out because they were mm-hmm. wading into the waters. They, they dipped their toe in the water because when you use a P40 Pro yeah. or an Honor phone that doesn't have play services, yeah. you can download the Epic Games launcher and that right. gets you Fortnite. So they're for at its most basic level, if you are one of the billion of people who love Fortnite, there are ways of still getting it. Maybe not on Apple. I'm not sure if Epic Games launcher is well, on. Well, the crazy thing, well, so it's, yeah, the launcher's not. And yeah. you on can, Android it is, for sure. Yeah, it's on Android, but Google doesn't like it. Technically, yeah. the weird thing is, it's technically against Google's terms of service to allow uh, launchers to be installed on their phones that are not the Google Play Store, which is weird because if you think about it, Samsung's Galaxy App Store is a separate app store, but Google mm-hmm. just allows it. So I think well, I think it's because is, all of the apps that are in the in the Galaxy App Store are also in the Play Store. So it's like are it's they not all that, though? I, it seems like it at least. Um, I, don't I, I know. could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I know for a fact. I know that the obviously the app gallery for Huawei it's totally different thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, Google yeah. doesn't exactly. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> a whole different thing. It. But yeah. I feel like I feel like there's some sort of like because I think it's when exclusivity becomes a problem, right? So yeah, it's more it's more about the fact that like Google as the Android the creator of Android cannot control what's happening on users' phones, and if if something gets installed and they can't control it and it's malware, suddenly Android is unsafe, right? Yeah. So, but isn't that isn't that a tenant? And this is getting even more into like an existential digital space. Excuse me. Um, but isn't that supposed to be the nature of open source? Well, Android's not really open source. But <laughs> you can use it. But they uh, they've moved so much functionality of Android into Google Play services. That true. That's why that's why like Huawei's phones like they work, but 
they're missing so many features. Like you can't even get freaking push notifications because that's part of GMS now. Like oh, that's wow. part of Google Play services now. Uh, and these are all just things that we take for granted. Yeah. But oh. I think they've done this over time to try to like rein in power over Android. Cause at first they were like, cool, Android open source, let's get it on everything. Right. Like I think there's, there's actually an Amazon strategy and it's like a three word strategy where it's, it's basic. Oh no, it's Microsoft. I think they got in trouble in like the eighties for this. Daniel told me about this. They, uh, it's like promote. So it's like P promote. So you promote, you make things free and you promote it. Uh, and then you try to crush the competition by making your thing like so valuable for the consumer that they like have to use it or want to use it because it's so much better. The competition dies and then you're able to start monetizing it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what Google did with Android, right? Like just get it everywhere, get it on the cheapest Android tablets that you can. You can go to Alibaba and get an Android tablet for $5 and it works, but then slowly start reigning in control of it and then everyone kind of has to bend to your will at that point wow yeah Yeah. well do you do you think that we um do you think that we sorely need like another sort of viable app store i mean the probably the closest thing that we have is like amazon but (laughs) yeah with their app store do you remember (laughs) well they were doing the same thing remember like in like 2013 2014 um they had like free app of the week but you could only get it through the amazon app store which you had to go on amazon.com and then sideload. Yep. You had to get the, or at the very least get the APK. Get the APK, which yeah. like regular people don't know how to get or not really willing to get or like, and it's, it's a hard thing. Like it sucks that you don't have choice if you want to play on the biggest platform in the world. And that one company well, t- technically two companies, but like one company per platform owns that. Um, but I don't know what the alternative is without there being a bazillion security holes. That's the problem. I think that like Apple and Google maybe need to be like reined in a little bit and not allowed to ask for 30% revenue share. Yeah. Like that's a lot of money. That's but what lot. kind of move do you think they would make if they are told to do that? Like, do you think that we would start having like less availability of apps do you think they'll get pissy and do stuff like that i don't think so like i think what needs to happen is like the government just needs to basically step in and say they can't like Mm -hmm. that the the max amount that they're the max amount you're allowed to charge on your platform is like 10 to 15 percent like it needs to be some sort of like government order and that's the only thing that's really going to do it um but man like i don't think epic is necessarily in the right for this and it's really weird how they're angling it too right like by making this short and like tweeting about it a ton and like putting the short in fortnite so that all of the people playing fortnite see this they're angling themselves to be like the righteous like they're stepping up against the man or really like they're just making less money than they could be making and the players don't actually care but the way that they're angling it is making the players care because they like fortnite yeah. They're angling it as in, like, Apple is trying to destroy Fortnite. That's not even what's happening, right? Like, they're just making less money. So it's it's really weird. And you know what? Know. A majority of the... And that's the weird part is, like, I don't know what side... I, I, I don't have a side. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I don't have a side because I don't play Fortnite. I'm not really big on Battle Royale games to begin with. But yeah. that's what I find funny about that. Because once you showed me that clip and then you told me it was in Fortnite, I was like, wow, that's basically inciting a user base like to try and feel a certain way and these are the same people 
young people, I guess. These are the same people who don't understand what terms of service are. Yeah. <laughs> or they won't they yeah. won't they won't really educate themselves to what that is. And if right. if they want to be a part of a certain ecosystem, like if they truly care about having Fortnite in iPhone users' hands, then they gotta figure a way out and they're just sort of like rebelling toward against that system. I'm yeah. not saying the system is perfect, I'm not saying the system is good or bad. Um maybe it does need to be lower than thirty percent. We have talked about that on the show before. Uh but yeah, it's um uh, it's pretty nuts. Uh, it's no weird one- to have like to have Epic be like Apple is trying to take Fortnite away from you. Yeah, re- that's weird. <laughs> rebel with us. Like, that's not even what's happening. Like, they're just making like you, less you money. Like, you fired the first shot, Epic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's but the I funny mean, part. They're not the only ones that this has happened to. Like, Spotify is... Yes. Spotify has sued Apple for the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, Hey, hey Mail from Basecamp has done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's clear that developers are not happy with the situation. It's just really interesting how Epic is framing everything. One other kind of weird thing, though, is that Epic is... I don't know if they're majority shareholded by, but they are definitely partially owned by Tencent, uh, which makes... Wait, what is it? Was it Tencent or was it... Uh, I think it's Tencent, which owns like WeChat and... Uh, yeah, yeah. And, WeChat yeah. and uh, they develop uh, PUBG well. Mobile. Was it? Mm, okay, I feel bad saying this. Was it Riot or Epic? Yeah, I'm wondering also. It might be Riot. Uh, Riot is owned by Tencent, but yeah. Epic majority. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad coming on the podcast not remembering. No, no, no. Um, at least you're at least you're fact checking. They um, are definitely owned. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Tencent acquired a forty-eight point four percent outstanding stake equating to 40 percent the total of epic so whether or not they have like uh you know ruling decision making um okay tin sweeney still remains the majority shareholder but they they own like almost 50 percent of it which is crazy they have have a pretty big stake um well there was speculation i saw one tweet i think it was from gavin the gadgets who said all of this is a smokescreen because what Riot Games, well, right? I keep saying right. What <laughs> Epic Games really wants to do is create their own app store, and they want to like make it so that they can be the third player at yeah. this point. I mean, look at what they did to to Steam. You know, like not not that they actually did anything. They just created. They just provided an alternative that yeah. some people have feelings about. I guess. Well, and this is why they're like releasing games for free all the time, yeah. right? Like um, the new was it the new Total War game. Mm-hmm. Uh, was free yesterday on the Epic Store. And, oh, I missed it. Yeah, it was only 24 hours. <laughs> I should have DM'd you, sorry. Um, they, they do this because it's the same strategy that I was just telling you about with like Microsoft, where you, like, you make something so lucrative that people have to get on the platform, and then slowly you start reining them in. Yeah. Um, I still think Steam is going to be very, very, very difficult to displace just because like they've been around for forever, and there's not... There's not like a a second major player in the PC gaming space, but and the only reason there's a second major player in the mobile gaming space is because Apple and Google are completely separate platforms, and there's enough people on both sides of the fence that there can be two. Yeah. But if if say say if like the iPhone didn't exist and Google Play was like the only option, that's all you have, right? Like Steam. Mm. Steam is basically what that would be. Yeah, so. for sure. 
Um, all right, well, just some thoughts on the uh, whole Epic Games drama, and it seems we can't go more than like two days without drama, like, <laughs> without <know>. something <laughs> going on. I mean, like I, you're, yeah. you mentioned you had a heat wave in New York. We have two wildfires right now. Like we have we have very poor air quality right now. So it was yeah. like, you know, just everything just piles on. You know, it's just what it is. Um, 2020 man used to yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 2020 in general it's basically summers always seem to go crazy it seems like yeah well you yeah. did mention microsoft a little second uh, like a, a little while ago so oh, yeah. uh, we are actually going to pivot into that a little bit with some device talk after this break okay somewhat lighter news because you know it's in the world of tech we're always more about Drama. like How's yeah going from drama to device? Um, yeah. So one thing did happen this week that we finally got some sort of announcement on and some sort of release uh, impending. Let's call it the Surface Duo is yeah. on its way. Um, I have spoken to Jaime. We don't know if Paganow at least if Paganow is going to get a review unit. We don't know yet. Um, we're hoping we're hoping so and we're expecting it, but we don't have any confirmation yet. Uh, I don't think most people have. And yeah. Yeah, and uh, in the case of JV, I'll tell you this much. I have the order ready, and I'm <laughs> just biding my time because um, the trade-ins are actually not that bad. Like, PSA, if you happen to have, let's say, a Samsung, like, going maybe two generations back, a Galaxy Note 9 will shave off $500, and a Pixel 3 XL will shave off $400. That's not that bad, actually. Mm. <laughs> but in any case... Finally, yeah, dual it's screen. It's a $1,400 device, though. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was about to say. It's still going to be a thousand It just makes it palpable is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Surface Duo finally on its way September something. I forget what actual day it is, but um, it is on its way in, in uh, September. How are how are you feeling about the hype around this thing? Ooh. Um, you know what's interesting about Microsoft? They are really good at being really bad at first generation products and then eventually creating a new landscape out of that for out of that idea. Mm -hmm. um, the obvious connection is the Surface RT, which was the biggest dumpster fire in computing history, but eventually created space for the Surface Pro, Surface, Surface Pro, eventually Surface Laptop, Surface Everything. But line and th and that truly is like a unique device right surfaces are a unique device that kind of shaped the like the tablet laptop category and they're still they're still really only the like some of the only tablets that are also actually laptops right like everyone else is trying to be like we're an android tablet but we're also a laptop or we're an ipad but i'm also a laptop and yeah but microsoft's really the only ones that like puts windows on a fully windows device that is a laptop but you can just turn it into a tablet when you feel like it i mean and, we're both i think we're both fans of the book oh yeah yeah i love the book i have the two and the three and the, yeah. i was gonna switch to that before we did this because the webcam's so good um which is kind of ironic considering how terrible the camera on the surface duo is but uh, uh, <laughs> uh have we confirmed that yet because i understand yeah. i know that the numbers are not ideal but at the same time it's like i don't know very few of us have actually shot with that camera so i don't know what to feel yeah i mean i haven't used it but it's 
11 megapixels and the the pixel size is one micron <laughs> oh okay okay so that is that is an important detail that's i true. have to imagine and there's only one camera and it's on the inside and yeah you got they, it during the it briefing up. that i did um that they actually just re- recently released the full briefing that we were on which is interesting that doesn't happen very often um oh they filmed it yeah they recorded it they were doing it live oh so that so that you were there I was there, yeah. Oh wow, okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, and uh, it uh, well, it was like it was the online briefing, but they took our questions and stuff. Oh, I see. It was the day day before the announcement, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Penna said the camera was not a main thought process in this device, <laughs> and if you say that as a as a tech, <laughs> like. Oh my god, like every company Managing boasts, expectations for sure. Yeah. Every company <laughs> boasts the crap out of the cameras, even if they end up not being that good. But if you're saying like we didn't really think too much about the camera, then you know it's gonna be really bad. Oh boy. Um, See, which this fine, is, like whatever, like well, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say that alone is already making me like kind of move my cursor away from by now. Uh, I mean <laughs> the camera's not like the that's the weird the weird thing is, like, no one really understands what this device is yet. And the funny thing is, when they first announced it back in October of last year, wow, it's only—it's almost been a full year since they announced it. Yeah. Um, I wrote an article called, Does Anyone Even Know What the Surface Duo is Supposed to Be? Because uh, Penos would refuse to call it a phone. He kept yeah. saying, it's a Surface. It's a Surface. It's a Surface. And, like... We all know Panos is kind of funny with his like eloquentness and he's always, you know, being very flowy and like, it's like music and you know, whatever. But Lauren Good did a great piece in Wired uh, about how Panos will not call it a phone and how he just continuously says, it's a surface, it's supposed to spark your creativity, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, it is a phone because it's an Android. It runs Android. It runs the Google Play Store. Um, but it's really big. It's very wide. It's almost too wide to be a phone. Like I don't. If you've seen pictures of it in people's hands, they can barely. They're like doing yeah. this. Like it's oh, a little like, wide. Even though one screen is five point six inches, like it's still, it's still seems, wide. Yeah, the bezels are freaking huge. Um, it looks like a device from multiple years ago. I don't know, dude. Like it has an eight fifty five. Um, and I don't really care about the processor personally. Mm-hmm. Uh. But it is insanely thin. So, but the thing about it is that, like, I don't really like dual screen devices. Like, I tried so hard to like the second screen on the LG um, G8 and the Velvet and the G7, G8X or whatever. Um, And it's just, I don't know. I think Microsoft will do a better job at the functionality of dual screen. They showed off a lot of interesting use cases where, like, you can link apps together. So, if you are using like um, all trails, if you're a hiker, you can open all trails and then it'll also open Google Maps on the other yeah. screen at the same time or, you know, just like that kind of stuff. And then, but the problem is all of the extra functionality where like you can span the app across the two screens and like part of the UI is on this side and the parts on the other side only works natively with Microsoft apps. And then, they have an open API where you can like enable it to work on the Surface Duo. But anytime a company is like, yeah, amazing functionality that will work with two apps. Uh, but if you want, 
you can let your app do it. You just have to use this open API. It's like, there's no incentive for anybody to spend the resources to add functionality to one device. If it's one device in a multi-generation tier of devices, right? Like Yeah, that's the, that's the first generation like what's the term I'm looking for? That's the that's the problem with first generation. It's just <laughs> that you can't you don't have a whole lot of reason to give people to actually be part of that ecosystem. It's the whole yeah. it's it's chicken before the egg, right? Yeah. So like it's it's funny because I I look at the Surface Duo as sort of like this sort of weird pix not pixel, uh nexus system. Uh, that Google and Microsoft are trying to start because clearly they believe that dual screens will be part of our future. We are not so convinced yet. <laughs> I'm but, not convinced. Exactly. I think foldables uh, are way better. But, but that's because um, the Duo is supposed to be like the stepping stone. I think that yeah. like very few people actually truly were a part of the uh, the nec- the early Nexus program. You know, yeah. like very few people actually bought into it, but that was the way for developers to actually have a way to to play with stuff and to try and create a whole new market. And I think that's what this one is. Like, I'm trying to think of certain places where I would actually use the dual screen. Um, I enjoy the fact that Amazon Kindle will finally have both yeah. pages. Like, <laughs> funny, everyone the, has failed on that up until now. <laughs> so, like, the, the couple hours before the briefing, Fisher and Kogan and I were all uh, DMing. We have a little group chat because we get drinks every now and then. And... Um, Fisher was just like, I swear to God, if they allow Amazon, if if Kindle allows uh, one page on each screen, I'm pre-ordering it right now. <laughs> and then I'm not gonna lie, that's it. how I feel too. <laughs> I mean, as a book, like it's it's a beautiful device. I'll give it yeah. that. Like it's a gorgeous device. I mean, and but um, the thing is, I could see it being, and and I guess this is what people are hoping for with the Z Fold Two is like on one side is is Kindle, and on the other side is a note taking app, so that I can actually write down notes about what I'm reading. Like that, yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me, and that's the reason yeah. why I enjoyed the the velvet. I I actually did that. Um, but other than that, man, like I view the duo as sort of like peep uh, their way of saying, "Hey, come to Office 365." Like that's <laughs> one way for them to get people to get into their ecosystem because that's one of the only things Microsoft has, other than yeah. uh, Game Pass right now. But that's Xbox. But like, I could see that. Like if 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 Office 365 is the way, if if they push it as like an add on to the duo yeah you know you know what i feel like this is gonna be is i feel like they don't care about regular consumers buying these things they want to sell them to enterprise um that's what microsoft always does like but they kept calling it a lifestyle product uh yeah but it's no one's gonna there's gonna be like two people on r slash surface that buy this because they're they're huge fans and they yeah, but they're they going want. to they're gonna post a ton though <laughs> yeah sure whatever <laughs> but it's if you, like it's like if you think about it, like even with the surfaces right like um surface book for example they won't allow thunderbolt 3 on surface book like, everyone was like they're gonna do it they're gonna put thunderbolt 3 in surface book 3 because in that fact, really hurt me, by the way. When yeah, I same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I've, yeah, I think in Surface Book One and Two they couldn't do it because the of the amount of PCIe lanes that um, were being used already on the CPU. Like they they were already using some lanes just to connect the base to the screen, mm-hmm. so they didn't have enough lanes to allow for Thunderbolt Three. But then, uh, in the tenth generation, tenth generation Intel chips that they put in the Surface Book Three, they have enough lanes. They just didn't do it, and they cited security concerns. But then they release a one hundred fifty dollar dock, which is a brick that has like an HDMI port and a USB C port, and this 
so that you can connect your Surface to to 4K monitors. So it's like that's only an enterprise thing, right? That's yeah. like when I when I worked at Intel, every single desk setup had like a three hundred dollar Lenovo um, docking station, and they only we only used Lenovo laptops. And you would plug in your Lenovo laptop to this docking station and it would attach to these monitors and like you could attach things to it. And it, it's only for enterprise, right? Because it's like insanely expensive and, it, and they just sell a boatload of them. Mm-hmm. And I just can't imagine anyone would, any consumer that isn't like a hardcore, hardcore Surface fan would buy into it. Um, I do understand what Panos says when he says like, as humans, we do better when we focus on one thing at a time and having multiple monitors is better because then you can like, it's a square of focus. It's not like chaos that's being around you and there's multiple things. I kind of agree with that um, because I like having, you know, right now I'm using the uh, <laughs> Asus Pro. <laughs> yeah, ZenBook <laughs> Duo. ZenBook Duo. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> And it's got two two displays, right? It's got one on the bottom and one on the top. On the bottom, I have Telegram full screen, and then I have you full screen on the top. So I like having separate monitors as opposed to like splitting my display in half. It feels kind of weird. Um, but after using dual screen devices with like the ZTE Axon M, <laughs> oh, okay. that one? <laughs> First of all, not the right one to bring up okay. as an example. <laughs> but they did the same thing where they were like, we're going to make an open API. They did the same thing. Oh, that's true. Um, that kills devices, dude. Because the 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 app developers are not going to spend the resources to like add that to their app for one fringe device. Like, yeah, Microsoft true. has more sway than anybody else, but the fact that they're going to sell like three of these to consumers means that it's, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's you have to get you have to get people believing in the in the idea that this form factor is actually the future. And right yeah. now, there's not a whole lot actually helping that argument, unfortunately. Right. Like, cool, yes, we're not saying yeah. it's useless, yeah. but it's not. We're not there yet. Even like, Panos in the briefing like did not seem that in like bought into it. Like he 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 was saying the words, but you could kind of <laughs> tell that he was not really like a thousand percent. And he's just like. We as humans, you know, your brain turns on when you when you look at one thing versus two things. I was like, what are you ta- what are you talking about? But like, um, yeah, no, it's Jesus. Yeah, we were memeing so much in our in our little side chat. It was <laughs> hey, hilarious. You know what? Like people behind the curtain, whenever we go to briefings, David oh, yeah. and I for sure, like we're we're messaging each other, like, what are we watching? Like, yeah, what, yeah, what is yeah, happening? Yeah. yeah, it's like on Twitter, like anytime we watch a, a live event. Uh, everyone on Twitter is just like memeing the crap out of it, like the the No Twenty Ultra event. Like the thanks, I enjoy gaming. Oh, <laughs> like, that one was so hard because like it was it was obviously done, uh, and we can move right into the No Twenty Ultra now uh, for the last ten minutes or so. Like yeah, that we never really talked about the actual like like unpacked event when it happened a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely like something else, and it proves that. For us, and also Comic Con, which yeah. happened, which was supposed to happen last oh, month, yeah. like those two things prove that as much as we need to be indoors right now and everything is remote, remote is just not ever gonna be the same. Yeah, ever. Apple did a pretty good job. Like I'd say, Apple did the best job so far out of anyone for doing a remote event, mm-hmm. like with WWDC. Um, 
I'm assuming that was pre-recorded. Like, it was interesting to me that the Microsoft thing was not pre-recorded because they were doing the thing where they were, like, switching rooms and, like, showing you things in different rooms and stuff, but it was all live, which was interesting to me because I was like, why would you why would you do that? Um, but, no. I don't know, maybe they didn't have time. Well, I, uh, I think after... I, I it still took a couple days for you to get your Note 20 Ultra after I got mine. I think, if I remember correctly, um, so yeah. you you might have had a slightly less time than I have so far with this behemoth of a thing. And I have yeah. a case on it. Just look how much bigger this thing gets when I have a case yeah. on it. Yeah, I've still um, had mine for a while, but yeah, yeah. So you've you've had some like time with it. Um, how? What are some thoughts that you can share ahead of like final reviews that are probably going to go out next week? Um. This one's been difficult for me because I don't think it's a bad phone. Definitely not. At all. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of boring because it doesn't, like, usually when big companies release new versions of phones, they introduce some interesting new feature that, you know, makes us question whether or not we need that, right? Or whether or not, like, it's going to actually change our life or whatever. Like, you know, um, Samsung has changed their angle with the Note so many times. Like, the Note 9 was, like, power user phone. It's kind of ugly, but who cares? It's a power phone. Power phone. Like, I think that phone's super ugly. The camera module on the Note 9 is is horrible, but... Worse than S20 Ultra? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Worse. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, like, all, even all the advertising for Note 9 was, like one terabyte like it would show the phone and it would just say one terabyte because it yeah. was the first phone that you could do a terabyte of storage um it was, it was like 1599 it, <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't that the note the note 9 i don't know oh you mean for that option yeah, yeah. for that option yeah yeah i, I don't know it was, it was crazy but but it was like power 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 and then the note 10 they totally changed everything like they got the smaller Note 10, they removed in both devices. They removed the headphone jack, so mm-hmm. that's already taking a power user power user feature away. Which it's not a power user feature now. That's considered a mid range phone feature for some reason. Um, but they t- they got rid of the expandable storage in the smaller one. Yep. So and then yeah, they were just kind of like slowly taking away the power user features, and they. They focused so much more on the design of the phone. Like all of the advertising around Note 10 was about Aura Glow. It wasn't about one terabyte, uh, Snapdragon 855. It was about look how pretty this thing is. Yeah. And they added more glass to the sides. They curved the glass more so that it was like more of an art piece. And I broke mine on the first day because of that. Like, and so that like came, like like kind of went to show that like. They were changing their desired audience. So you know what? It worked because I bought the red one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? The red one's dope though. Yeah, the the red Note 10 is still my favorite. It's going to my mom now that I have this Note 20. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, like I agree with you there. And it seems to me that the reason why they're able to make that pivot in terms of marketing is because uh, from 2019 onward so far, it really feels like we've hit a stride in performance specs like there's no you don't have to want for anything anymore your phones are going to be good no matter which one you pick so how do we make it stand out i saw an article yesterday that was like pixel for a emulation test it runs really well and the and like i i read the article and it was just like yeah like even the pixel 4a can like run gamecube games at 60 fps so 
why are we still doing these tests? <laughs> like, like, and so I'm still kind of developing my narrative and my video will be out next week too. But like, so far what I've got is like, what would, what's, what does beauty plus brawn cost? Mm-hmm. Right. Because this is not more glow. Uh, they still did kind of talk about mystic bronze a little bit, but it's very obviously not like the focus of the device is not the color this time. It's not necessarily the beauty of the device. They kind of are beefing up the specs again because it's the ultra. So they have the 108 megapixel camera and the five X optical telephoto. And they didn't add a ton to the pen. Like they added a couple of actions and yeah. uh, the low latency, the lower latency. Those are kind of like quality of life improvements, but mm-hmm. um, I love this like fake uh, reality that Samsung lives in where everybody gives PowerPoint presentations with their phone. (laughs) Every single year. It's it's, it's like ever since they added remote note functionality, they're always Which is so funny to me because like, why would you, okay, maybe it's a Microsoft partnership thing because Samsung and Microsoft are very close, but uh, wouldn't it be way better to focus on remote shutter than the PowerPoint thing, like yeah. <laughs> really show us remote shutter. Cause that's yeah. dope. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, no, you're right. Hilarious. I have I didn't really think of it that way, but it's very true. Well, it's like every single year, like what can you add to the S pen? Well, you can reduce latency, which they do every year. And the remote shutter thing was honestly a big deal. Like I remember that that was for note nine. And I remember every single reviewer was just like, it was a big deal to use it as a remote shutter. And, uh, that's actually use like that's useful because you can set your phone against something and and take a picture. That's cool. exactly use it a ton. Um, yeah, right. But all the like control your phone remotely things are just like why? Like to do it, they added a functionality where you can take a screenshot with the S Pen, and to do this, you do this. And I was like, <laughs> that is so shake. much harder than pressing two buttons at the same time. I I, I actually got a uh, um, so the little the little <laughs> note like air command icon that's like floating on the side. Mm-hmm. So it will it will show you what action you made, so that you know you get a visual representation of the thing that you did. But if you get it wrong, there's a sad face, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, screw you, note. <laughs> yeah, and you have to tell me so I did like, it wrong. <laughs> the fact that the the motion is like it's not only just like this; it's like boo do 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 do. Yeah, like, you have to oh really shake God. it. The, the v is the v is pretty easy like that's just for like cut screenshots and whatnot yeah um i i sent you a i actually did the screen right earlier and that's how i sent you that 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 picture of my my current amount of fasting i'm at 41 hours right now oh yeah oh jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah i'm i might go for 48 we'll see but Whoa. um but yeah. yeah the uh i don't know it's like Obviously, the phone just works so well. No matter what yeah. you do on it, it's doing well. I even did wireless decks. Like, I can't really talk too much about it right now, but the the wireless decks, it works. Like, mm-hmm. I mirror casted it to my Samsung TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my unfortunately, my Samsung TV is pre OLED days, so mm-hmm. I can't. Uh, no, what's the what's the term? Um, the the, the mini QLED? LED. Is it oh, mini LED? Is it mini? I'm trying to remember exactly what the small micro led whatever that era is this is pre that so mm-hmm. i have like an old samsung tv but i still have Miracast. so i put dex on there and i used it a, the, your phone becomes a touchpad okay right. fine it's still dex it's still difficult to use as with the touchpad yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's still like, dex i don't see it a reason to not just have a chromecast and then cast your phone phone's display to the tv because you can do that yeah true 
Um, when it's built into Android. The interface is, is pretty nice. I still think that Dex works best the way it was originally intended to. Like you Plugged can, into a computer. Plugged into a computer. Like, like are you going to... Well, that was like the secondary. The original was plug it into a monitor, which made no sense. Like, let me just carry this monitor <laughs> with me. You just have a monitor, yeah. <laughs> I think the idea was like, you have a monitor at your desk and you just like, you use your phone on the go and you use it when you're home. But like, nobody's going to do that. Yeah, like, literally I, I, nobody has that. Samsung likes to solve problems that don't exist. Well, you, you said they live in their own little world. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, I don't know a single person who has given a PowerPoint presentation with their phone plugged in via HDMI to USB-C cable. And, but it's funny, though, because, like, the, and this this particular anecdote of mine was dating back to, like, Note Note 5 days or something like mm. that, where I did, I did know people. They were, like, moms of my friends who don't own computers. They just owned Notes. Like, right. that, that use case does exist. Sure. I don't yeah. know about now though. That's my that that that's really just how I feel. Is like I'm, I don't know about now if that's if that's true. Given that these phones are now easily over a thousand dollars. I think the difference in like the disconnect here is that Samsung's trying to allow you to make your phone into a computer. The problem is phones are so good now that you almost don't need computers, right? Yeah, and like exactly. you almost don't even need a separate interface. Like, sure, the interface is sometimes more useful but if you need that you're going to have a windows laptop or a macbook or something like exactly you're not and those have... products can actually be quite affordable too yeah very so the the disconnect is it's weird like we're getting to a point where in every category there's a ton of choices you know what i think should make a comeback is the moto atrix uh lap dock the thing the where it was just a shell and then you put your phone into it, and then you can use everything on your phone, but it gives you like a special Dex-like UI. Wasn't that also an Asus thing? Um, I think they did it too. Yeah. What was it called? I'm trying to remember what it was. ZenPad or something like that. Like yeah, something like that. I remember those were cool. Those, uh, but no, uh, the Transformers. It was Transformers. Oh, Transform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those yeah. were cool. I mean, I I don't necessarily think they need to make a comeback. However, um. You know, I carry around like a Chromebook with me because it's so small and light. I have a Pixelbook, uh, the original one, and it's so it's basically like the same. It's so thin, and I do like just being able to have a web interface with a big keyboard whenever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think there's really a way to like using a dedicated OS that is a computer is still different than a dedicated phone OS, right? And like for sure. It's just that phones have gotten so good that you almost don't need computers most of the time. Well, I mean, That's to like, your to your point, having a smaller thing to like, let's say, type scripts on. I I even take it a step further. I would have this phone with my little foldable Bluetooth keyboard. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's quite literally yeah, the same so, thing. Only you have to like do touch and whatnot. But yeah, yeah I mean, um, but that, that that's just all decks and whatnot. But like everything else about the phone is perfectly fine. I can see where some people's thoughts are about um why don't we get 120 hertz all the time why does it have to be adaptive i do think it's weird and they also don't offer you an option yeah force it there's only 60 or there's only adaptive yeah i think the reasoning is because they put a smaller battery than they put in the ultra by 500 million than the s20 ultra than by 500 million hours so because i asked them this during our briefing i was like why does the s20 ultra have a 5000 million hour battery and this has a 4500 and it has a bigger display i think does it have mm-hmm. a bigger display no i think yes 
maybe i don't know this is 6.9 so <laughs> yeah 6.9 i bet the ultra is probably like 6.8 or something yeah. but um i think it's because the s pen takes up space but well yeah that's why they, it's on the other side now and <laughs> what they told me was that they made optimizations that allow for the battery life to be better. And I assume that those optimizations are the adaptive refresh rate. And I think that parts of the adaptive thing are cool. Like if you're, if you're reading a book in Kindle, it'll be 11, uh, 11 FPS is the refresh rate. Okay. So that part, yeah, I totally get that kind of stuff. So if something is very static. 24, movies yeah. are 24. And that's cool. Cause that saves battery. Cause mm-hmm. it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to redraw. So that's cool. But the fact that you can't force it kind of sucks, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, like, final thoughts since we're at an hour and five now. Oh, yeah, um, no, 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 don't worry about it. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I was on Miriam's podcast like a couple oh, days yeah. ago, and she spent a glorious like two, three minutes. It was just the best thing to listen to, writing off the regular Note Twenty. And then I noticed <laughs> that on Android Authority, there was was it a poll or something where basically everyone said. Hell no. <laughs> to the, regular. The, the Note 20 shouldn't exist, yeah. I, but where do you land on that? Because like, I still kind of want to give it a fair crack. I want to try it. <laughs> uh, if the glass stick is... I haven't gotten to touch it yet because yeah. I was ill during the press briefing. Event, oh, they had it there. They had it in New York. Oh. Yeah, they had both of them. Uh, but if it's the same glass stick that was on the A51, then I'm very against it because <laughs> oh, no. I don't like the material. Um, I, I'm i like, it's not, you know, a lot, I made a video last year about like why plastic phones should make a comeback, mm-hmm. but it wasn't about necessarily like flagship plastic phones. It's more just like, I think the disconnect comes in the fact that if you're paying that much money, if you're paying $1,000, the quality of the material should be better and it's not that plastic is necessarily bad i think we've just become accustomed to getting a more premium product for a more premium amount of money i think the disconnect is like their margins on regular note 10s must be insane they must be so high Mm. because if they're using plastic that's way cheaper than glass because it's so much easier to make um that's I don't true. know. They, I mean, they took out all the good things from the Ultra, though. They took out the 120 hertz. They took out the uh, UWB, which is still very confusing. They haven't really s- talked about it a lot, but it's like a file sharing thing over. Oh yeah, that's right. Hands. Yeah, I forget. Um, but that's only from Samsung to Samsung. Um, yeah, but it, it works with it works with the Google nearby sharing thing oh, with all phones, which is it's not available that, yet. <laughs> it's being pushed out little by little for sure um i mean but you know what flat display the quality of life on that phone might actually be quite good i'm fine with the flat display that doesn't bother me yeah exactly which would that it's one of those details that make me want to try it still like i like i said i want to give it a fair shake um and even then like yeah the 120 kind of sucks and it's 1080 i don't care i i'm fine with 1080 phones um but i think it's just like this is a thousand. This is thirteen hundred, and exactly. I feel like they took out more than three hundred dollars of value. That's the oh, problem. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, um, yeah. Because even then, it, well, I mean, the hundred and eight megapixel sensor and whatnot. It, I still find it odd that they put so much effort into the zoom on the Note twenty with sixty four megapixels. I'm just like, how many of us really zoom? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because there would be way too much of a disconnect if you could have five x optical telephoto on the Ultra and none on the like no zoom at all i guess yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i i don't know i want to try it out still 
but overall like the experience on the note 20 ultra i think by and large people are saying like yeah it's it's a powerful phone sort of hard stop you know like people mm-hmm. know what to expect at this point from this phone and it kind of shows where we are in technology like yeah. it's, we're in a good place honestly like you can get yeah. a pixel 4a and still have a good time you know there's really not a whole lot to complain about time. right now yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but i think the other uh, disconnect with the regular note too is that it's not even just versus the ultra it's versus the entire market oh sure like you can get like the OnePlus Eight Pro. People yelled at for being one of the for being the most expensive phone OnePlus has released. If you ignore the McLaren editions, and at like that launched at nine hundred, I think, mm-hmm. and it's like infinitely better than the Note in like every way except for it doesn't have an S Pen. Eight sixty five plus, but oh, you know, plus. you're splitting hairs at that point. Which I I'm also mixed on the eight sixty five plus. I actually. Like, I suggested that they use it in the Note 10, and I was surprised that they didn't use the 855 Plus in the Note 10 because I think it's a good idea because Mm -hmm. it helps people all, it allows the power users who want to buy the latest thing to always have the latest chipset without feeling bad, right? Like, the the issue that Google has a lot of the time is they, they release phones in October and the new chips get announced in December. Yeah. So it, it, it immediately gets um, outdated. Outdated. Immediately. Yeah. And and Samsung's smart. They released the S series in freaking February. Like they're one of the first to launch with the new chip. But then they also have the Note later. And so Note users kind of felt disenfranchised, even though they bought phones in August. But now you always have the option of having the absolute latest. It's the the issue I think with this particular device is that the A fifty five plus the A sixty five plus gets really hot, really hot. Like even the ROG3 got pretty hot um, with the fans. This phone, if you're out in like over 80 degree weather, will like overheat pretty wow. quick. I'm I'm going to be doing that in a couple of days. I would do it today, but air quality is like the worst. Yeah, right you um, like have to be in like an air conditioned space for this to stay at a normal temperature. Otherwise, it, it doesn't do thermal management very well. I see. I think it's, I think it's thinner than the, than the S20 Ultra by quite a bit. So that well, that was the, that something. was the last point that I kept thinking about, and I think a lot of people are going to make this point about the phone. Is like it's refining what the S twenty Ultra kind of introduced. Because if that you look, a chonker. Yeah, because if you look at it, the S twenty Ultra is like there's I I I don't know. There's just speculation on my part because I don't open up phones. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not Zach. Um, there's got to be wasted space in there. Meanwhile, this literally like refined all of that so that yes, it's a big phone, but literally everything is being used in one way. Yeah, or another. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you can tell. Yeah. And like there, it's like the separate 5G modem, the X55 modem that you have to put in 865 plus devices as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like that takes up space. The S Pen takes up space. The battery is going to take up space. The, <laughs> the big old camera. Yeah. Yeah. The camera's freaking huge, dude. Like that takes up a lot of space. Like I think iFixit or someone like deconstructed a Note 20, uh, an S20 Ultra and the camera module is, is ginormous. Like yeah. it's, it's big. Um, so yeah, I think overall, I would just say, it is a very good phone. It is not particularly interesting, but it is a very good phone. Yeah. And I think my narrative is going to be like, what does it cost to have both beauty and brawn? I guess $1,300 from Samsung, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely up against some pretty stiff competition at this point. Um, and it, yeah. But the thing is, like, what I find so funny about the Note series every single year is that it is literally... It does separate itself from everything else. It just matters what your expectations right. and needs are. And I feel like not enough people truly ask themselves that question, which is why it's great that the day before the announcement, 
the 4A came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally undercut them, like freaking $350 and <laughs> So like, what do you problem. really need? Like, I've played, right. I've played my three top games on the 4A with no problems. The camera is good. I would probably not like if you if you truly need all of the features that something like uh, a Note 20 Ultra or an Xperia One Mark II need, then yeah. you're gonna go for that anyway. But then, yeah. but then that immediately makes you not an average user, right? Right. I missed I missed the zoom uh, on the Pixel 4A, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. So. All I all I care about that any pixel in the future would do is just please put 4K on the front. That's all I want. Like <laughs> if you put 4K on the front, I can put it on a little stabilizer. I don't care about OIS on the front. Like just give me 4K on the front. That way I can vlog with it. Yeah, and that's it. But you the know video what? Video quality is not too good on the pixels though because yeah. uh, they've used almost the same sensor for like all four generations of pixel. They do need to improve it in general, which is why I actually replied to a comment uh, on my real world camera test from this morning they were like so video is not that great but the stills are still amazing and i'm like exactly yeah, i would say that photography <laughs> yeah i would say that my favorite combination right now like the actual everyday combo i would have pixel 4a for stills sony zv1 for video boom yeah job done yeah. um but yeah all right so before we get too far into yet another tangent i should call it on the episode okay. um <laughs> david why don't you let everybody know let's hype up our upcoming samsung content because i know a lot's going to come out soon but yeah let everyone oh, yeah. know what you're up to um yeah so i will have that review coming out very soon and then i have not gotten any word yet but i really hope that i'm going to get a uh fold two soon <laughs> because that's what i'm most interested in like the Note is good, but the Fold is, in my opinion, going to be the way more important phone. Um, so yeah, that, that's the main stuff I'm working on. There are some other, I'm a Surface Duo eventually, but I will be taking a vacation, so there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you want to find that, you can find it. Usually I post pretty much everything on my Twitter, so if you you should follow me on Twitter because I'm most active on there. I am at DervidML on Twitter unfortunately. Um, and then you can also follow me on Instagram at David Amell, or you can find my work at androidauthority.com or my website, which is davidamell.com. Oh yeah, that's right. Got to remember to put that in the show notes as well, davidamell.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's the next link to, to, to get it. Uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, all other links, especially to David, but also to myself and pocket now at large are all in the show notes, but I will also run through them real quick in the outro starting now. The links for David and myself are found in the show notes. If you want to follow me personally, you can find me on youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara, where I do have content on the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra available for you to watch if you are itching for a little bit more of that Samsung goodness. Uh, from there, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at JVTechTea, because I'm JV, I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. PocketNow is all over the place on social media at PocketNow, and it is also, of course, at PocketNow.com, where you can read up on the latest headlines and head over to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash pocket now for videos that are pretty much coming out every single day but with all of that said we're going to go ahead and call it on this one thank you so much for listening to this episode of the pocket now weekly podcast and we will see you in our next episode <laughs>